Hello, hello. Hello. We are coming at you live with this very special episode of Get Popped from our new apartment. Yeah, that's why we've been absent for a bit. We have been moving. Yep, and now I can actually say that we have a ton of fans because our Infinity War podcast blew up. Our subsequent podcast about Infinity War did not blow up in the same way. But you know, but hey, we'll take what we can get. We take what we can get. So we're gonna kick this off with uh, we just watched trailers for two upcoming horror movies. The Hereditary movie, which I hadn't even heard about until just now. Yeah, until I said something. And. And Halloween. The reboot sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Hereditary, I guess, got buzz at... Sundance. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the new terrifying... It's, it's like, more of a psychological... Uh, It's got a creepy kid, right? It's psychological, but I have read and heard that there are some very disturbing scenes that are, like, scary. But but it's also... It's not... What I I mean is it's not a slasher movie. It's not a slasher movie, no. It's, like, a scary... I mean, some of the reviewers said, like, this generation's exorcist, that kind of thing. Um... So, some deeply disturbing scenes. It has Tony Collette, who is amazing. She's the lead. This is no hate on Tony Collette, but she's perfect for a creepy horror movie because she's kind of creepy. Okay. I find her a little creepy. Okay. I mean, she's a, she's a great actress, but there's something about like she's perfect for a creepy horror movie. I think. Okay. Does that does that make sense? Right. Suppose. Sure. Bay Bay is not agreeing, but that's okay. We don't always have to agree on the on the get popped podcast. Yeah. So I do not think I'm going to see this because I might I might send Jamie because I well my friend Jason wants to see it he was talking about seeing it this weekend so maybe I will go with him yeah. to go see this movie because I like scary horror psychological movies Grant is a little bit of a weenie I you are watch, watching watch with about horror movies yes watching um the Babadook with my friend Perry and his brother and I think uh, maybe somebody else I had to hide behind the couch because it was so scary okay I was so scared I had to watch Friends all night because I just kept thinking about the stupid Babadook which is a dumb name but a very scary very scary it's I one of those seen that movie a thing haunting you movies no but so yeah the Babadook but you okay so you don't want to see Hereditary. I will probably see it in theaters just because I like the experience of seeing a movie like that in a theater. Um, but you said you wanted to see Halloween. Oh, I'm so in on Halloween. Because you like slasher movies. I do like slasher movies. So, slasher movies aren't creepy in the same way. It's There's something like campy about a slasher movie. Yeah. And... Like you jump, but there's it's not the same like mind fuck that I yeah. think some of the others are. Yeah. Yeah. So... The ha- there's a, we saw the Halloween movie. I'm actually looking. I'm curious about something, so I'm looking something up right now. But basically, uh, I'm, it's not a remake. Well, no, because it's, it's like it's taking place after the events that happened, like in the original. Got it. But it's this is what I wanted to know. It's disregarding the the continuity of the previous sequels. So they just erasing all. That's what I thought. Yeah. All the other oh, yeah. sequels, because like, wasn't there one with like Josh Harnett or something? Well, it got weird, and then remember there was like the there was all the Freddy versus Jason stuff. Well, like, well, well, he wasn't in. Michael wasn't in that. Michael. Oh who, no, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, remember I'm sorry. Freddy I'm getting all my like. Yeah, I mean they were stuff. thinking about There's... it for a while, but it looks like there was the first one came out in 1978, and then there was. 
a bunch of sequels. I mean, oh, Rob Zombie. I forgot he did one. Oh, yeah. he. Oh, my God. He remade it. Oh, my. Halloween 2 or whatever. See, the critical reception for that is really bad. Okay. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. But, yeah, so this is just supposed to, like, follow the events of what the original. Yeah. Halloween, I believe. Halloween. But, yeah. It has Jamie Lee Curtis, so it's going to be. She's, and she's, it looks like she's been in a bunch of them, too, these movies. Like, she was in Halloween Resurrection, Halloween 20 She's years. usually, like, at least has, like, a cameo Yeah, or 20 something. years later. She must really... I mean, isn't this what kind of launched her into stardom? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, I think that's a good idea to disregard the sequels and basically just be... Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those... I think with all these movies, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, this one... Can you think of any other... Is there, are there any other big slasher... I mean, those are, like, the ones from the 80s, and then we had, like, the Scream franchise. Well, the Scream like... the Scream movies were just, like, a, um, like, in a homage, basically, to these. Yeah, like or a horror I movie. Know What You Did Last Summer. I Know What You Did Last Summer was more of Didn't a... Didn't we, like, last year on Halloween watch all those? Didn't we do that? Yeah, we did. We watched, um, Scream is still the best slasher movie of all time. Yeah, I always, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer, too, but... I Know What You Did Last Summer is more, like, is more because it's such a like a 90s like a late like encapsulates the time of the late 90s but scream is just always just so so good yeah scream is good but what's cool about this movie is it's got a sort of late stage career jamie lee curtis as a total bam and she's haunted by this event and just ready for him like she at one point in the trailer, she's like, I want him to come out so I can... Yeah, like, she wants him to escape so she can kill him. And it looks like a documentary film crew is interviewing him for whatever reason. It looks like it might be, like, some, you know, ghost... I don't, Not, like, a, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of, like, yeah, format yeah. for, like, Discovery Channel yeah, or something. Yeah, or something like that, which I think is a, which is a cool idea. Yeah. And, of course, he escapes, which he's, which he's got to do. But what's, what's cool about the trailer is everybody's running around scared, but Jimmy Lee Curtis is like, I'm ready for this motherfucker. Yeah, she's like I, been prepping her entire right, life Right, I, I like that. And I love that it's set on Halloween. I mean, that just made the, the aesthetic of being set on Halloween made it such a, the original, such yeah. an awesome movie. And like just when the when the theme song comes on, like the do-do-do-do-do-do, it's just such a great, it's awesome, yeah. such an iconic. And I really like the way, you know, reboots can be, like when they rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street, it was just like, I don't know. I, I like the idea of not just making the movie over again, but adding to the original in like a cool way. Yeah. I mean, there's far too many reboots and remakes and re-whatever, but the way that they're doing this actually seems pretty interesting. I mean, people are hyped about this. It's the number one trailer on YouTube right now. So, very, very... Did it just come out? It came out 23 hours ago. Okay, I was like, ago. I'm pretty sure that just dropped. Yeah, I mean, but to, for it to be number one on YouTube, that was still a big, is still like well, a no, big deal. no, that's fair, but I mean, it is pretty new. It is new, but I mean, like, most trailers don't get in the trending, in the top trending. Like, most trailers you don't even get, um, even for, like, bigger movies don't get in, so that's kind of cool. But very excited about that and of course it's going to come around come out around halloween which is just perfect because halloween's like my favorite holiday i love how which is funny because i'm not a horror movie fan yeah, but i like weird. the spooky yeah i like the spookiness okay but kind of weird but okay. um before we move on what's your favorite 80s i guess this one came out in 78 but your favorite you know 70s 80s like slasher oh slasher i thought you're gonna say it's like scary 
Um, Although, because slasher's definitely different, though. Well, I know, yeah, but, like, I need to think, because I had in my head, like, scary, and that's not going to be appropriate here. Um, I don't know. I always like the Halloween movies. I like the Freddy Krueger movie. Freddy was great. I mean, they're all great. I like Jason. I never liked that franchise as much, Friday the 13th. I never thought Jason was that scary or inter- like him interesting I, as a character. Halloween and Freddy were better. Yeah. Well, the dream stuff with Freddy was always really cool. Yeah. And it's interesting that it was a it was like Johnny Depp's first role. I mean, he's a fuck now, but it's just kind of interesting to see him. He's a fuck. All the way. Um, yeah. But if we're talking just like scary poltergeist. What about Exorcist? So... Poltergeist is a movie that I watched at a very inappropriate age. I watched that movie for the first time probably when I was five or six. Oh, my God. And it didn't, like, it was creepy, but I loved it. And that was, like, my favorite movie. I watched it a ton. Exorcist, I wasn't, I don't know why my parents thought Poltergeist would be okay for me to watch at a young age, but Exorcist wasn't. I think because of some of the sexual stuff in Exorcist. Yeah. Um, (sighs) So I watched Exorcist later, and I thought it was dumb. I think by that oh, point, wow. the special effects and stuff just weren't as compelling that we had already come so far. The with, power of Christ compels you. I just, I didn't think it was that good. I can appreciate at that moment in time how, like, disturbing that movie must have been. Yeah. But it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. So, but Poltergeist is just a great movie. Poltergeist is extremely Sequels are not great. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Poltergeist, but I've seen, like, scenes from it. I mean, it's in the one oh, with, we'll the have cl- to watch it. with the clown or something. It, she's, like, talking... The hand coming out of the TV. Yeah, she's, and... like, they're here, and she's talking to the TV, and, like, there's, like, this, like, they're buried on a... Uh, their house is on a burial ground, and, like, yeah, it's crazy. Wasn't there a scene where there was, um, skeletons in, like, a pool? Yeah. Yeah, you know, those are real skeletons. It was actually cheaper to buy real skeletons oh, from somewhere than, like, make fake one? One, than yeah. like to buy fake ones, which is kind of funny. Weird. But isn't there also a curse related to that movie about people who are in it? Yeah, there's some weird curse um, about like. Just like with that, when they made the Omen, there was like weird curses. Like the yeah. director of the Omen, like I guess like the IRA bombed his hotel or something, and like there's like a weird there's like weird plane stuff and something else. Yeah, something like that. But, but yeah. I one of my favorite horror movies, which is almost. There's some comedy and horror elements. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's Drag Me to Hell. I've never seen that one. Drag Me to Hell has, um, it's got the Apple PC guy in it. What's his name? Justin Long? Oh. Do you remember uh, when that, he was a thing? He was, wasn't he the Dell guy? No, he wasn't the Dell guy. No, 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 no. no. He was the, he was the Apple guy on the, yeah. this is a Mac. I'm oh, a, God. Yeah. Yeah. Why was he ever a thing? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But... Horror movies, although not my favorite, are fun to see in, definitely fun to see in the theater, even though, I, I gotta even be, I gotta be, I mean, slasher movies are fun, not because they're, sca- I mean, slasher movies aren't see, scary, I'll see, see a slasher movie. You'll yeah. see Halloween in the I'll see Halloween, oh yeah, oh yeah, But totally. you won't go see Hereditary. Yeah. Okay. And it's, and it's funny, because when I get, like, creeped out, like, right after to see the movie, I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then, like, I'll be, like, cut to me, like, wide awake at night, being like, what's that? Because I... My mind is very, like, like, I can't remember what comedian said this bit, but it's, like, like, my belief system would be changed immediately. Like, if I heard something weird, I'd be like, okay, it's real, it's real, I believe in it, like, so, you're a little bit mentally tougher than I am, I think. Oh, yeah, especially when it comes to, like, horror stuff, yeah. Stuff doesn't, like, scare me, and I like to be, like, 
challenge that way. Yeah, yeah. So, anything else about any of these these two horror movies that are out coming out? I don't think so. <laughs> cool. So, next on our list is, and this is a little bit of hashtag old news, but the Americans is over. It is. And we have conflicting opinions about it. We and do. You're wrong and I'm right, oh but it's okay. Oh my god. That's quite a way to start off a discussion. So why don't you tell why don't you tell our many listeners what you thought of the Americans? So the it, the finale was last week. Um, basically it ended I thought in the perfect way. Um so obviously Stan had figured it out. He confronted the Jennings minus Henry, so Philip, Elizabeth, and Paige, and um you know, held them up like at gunpoint about like, and was just devastated. And um, Philip talked him down, and Stan let them escape. They escaped to head to Russia to get out of the country. They're heading to Canada um, with Paige. They were on a train. Like the scene on the train was so good. That was the best scene in the. They're like in disguises, and like the train stops at like a checkpoint to see if they're they're trying to find like the fugitives because by this point. Not only does Stan know, but, like, everybody at the FBI now knows that they were the spies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they look, and it looks like they all passed, like, their disguises were good enough, which there was a couple moments where, especially with Elizabeth, they, like, linger on her passport too long. Um, It was nervous. So you think that they're getting away, and then you cut and you see Paige on the train platform. And for a split second, I thought that, oh, my God, because you never see her go through the passport check that, like, they got her. Oh, yeah. But then you realize that, she, no, she got off the train herself because she doesn't want this life. Um, and it's just, like, devastating. They're playing U2's With or Without You. Banger of a song. And that's when, like, Bono starts doing his oohs. I'm still mad, by the way, that Apple Music put a stupid U2 album on my... I'm still okay, mad about well, that. But continue. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so... Philip and Elizabeth make it to Russia. Um, the last scene with Paige is she's in the old safe house drinking vodka. Stan is telling Henry the truth, and that's kind of where it ends. And I really liked it. I grew to like these characters, so I didn't want like some high body count or anything. There actually were no deaths in the finale. And I think the way... It ended, it was just even more heartbreaking than if somebody died. They had these children and had to give, they will never be able to contact them again. Just had to give them up. And you don't know what's gonna happen with Paige. I mean, Stan knows that she's involved. Now, whether he tells the whole FBI about her or not, I don't know if that happened. Um, so she might be able to- Yeah, that to, is an interesting, that's, might, a, that's an interesting unanswered question she might be able to get away with like still living her life you could assume that she could kind of like cooperate with them you know that like i mean really she hasn't super done anything i mean i guess she kind of helped them with plots and stuff but she could definitely play the like my parents like coerc- kind of coerced i think she could even like not go so far about like what she did just be like right. i always had a suspicion i've known yeah. but not even like get into the details about yeah what and then she... like i had second thoughts and left or something yeah i mean I, I i don't think she would get in trouble i mean unless it's like 
I don't know. So can I can I get into why I and and, and people really like this. So I am in a minority about this. Okay. You didn't like how I said that, did you? I did you? not. So, and I get ready for some size and some eye. There's thank God there's no video because your eyes are about to roll out, but. I cannot help but separate this show and Breaking Bad <gasps> because they're both about, I mean, they have a secret life. So for Paige and Elizabeth, it's the Russia stuff, obviously, the es- espionage, Soviet Union. And Breaking Bad, it's the I'm a meth kingpin. And his brother and, or, um, not his brother, his brother-in-law, close, somebody he's close with, uh, Hank, and then... Uh, Stan Beeman, you know, law enforcement people who just totally goes over their head mm-hmm. about like what what this person who's very close with them is doing, and I thought that Breaking Bad just did a better job, and it's not about action or body count or dying. I just I found it very anticlimactic. Maybe I maybe it's just not what the show is, and I and I don't expect it, but I just feel like the way that. Like Hank found out, like that was some real ass shit. Like I just, it just felt too similar to me, and I just felt like Breaking Bad did it better. Well, but you say it felt too similar, but like they went on a different direction. You wouldn't have wanted this to be the exact same storyline as like Breaking Bad. I wouldn't want it to be the exact same storyline. I guess my my issue with the Americans as it went on is like I what what. What I think makes Breaking Bad such an amazing show, and maybe I just need to get it out of my head. Yeah, I but think it you can't. Do. What, it's so good, I can't help it. I can't help it. Is Breaking Bad would build to like an ex- something like explosive, and I don't mean like like somebody dying or something crazy, but like it, it would always build to some. And I think that that's important in storytelling. Whereas like the Americans never like like it built and it built and it built, and then it's like you got me this close and. The, the final confrontation is just Stan saying he's a... Or, I'm sorry, uh, Philip saying he's a loser and Stan letting them go. I just... I expected more from... But I, I don't know I don't know what I wanted. And maybe I wouldn't have been happy with, with well, any, anything. Well, never been the Americans. Like, this, like, build to, like, some big climax. It's never been that show. I don't know. I mean, I thought it built to some... I mean, it had... It definitely had climactic moments. Sure, but it wasn't, like... In, like, with Mar- like, the Martha stuff, I thought was really... Like, that, to me, that was the peak of the show, is when they figured out about Martha. Because, like, that had, like, you know, remember, we were watching that, and it was so awkward when uh, Elizabeth goes, well, Martha is really simple. And Philip's like... Oh, yeah, Philip, like, defends her. But yeah. Well, well, because that was such an interesting... Philip did love Martha, and Elizabeth was jealous about it, even though, like, it was all yeah. part of the... But, okay. That was such a great dynamic. I never felt like I got... And I was so invested in, like, oh, my God, like, they're getting so close, and... and it just felt like in the Americans, in Breaking Bad, it felt like, oh my gosh, this is the logical conclusion of like he's finally gonna find out. Whereas the Americans, it's like, oh, this is just happening because the show is ending. I never I, felt like it, it built to like, it, it it was just like the the beginning to end story was was as good. No, I disagree. I know May is not is it does not agree with me. I think this. things don't have to like come to like some like flashbang conclusion for it to be good. I think. This ended, and the way the whole story has been told, they, I mean, and the creators have, like, harped on us for six seasons that this is not really a story about Russian spies. It's, I know, a, story it's a story about, about a marriage. marriage. I know. And at the end of the day, 
that was the only thing that was left standing, and I think that's what yeah, that is. Inter- I mean, I liked how they how they looked over, like they Russia. Just at I mean, Russia, they and they're just, like, "What are we gonna do?" And I talked to you after the episode. Like, I thought, I mean, as always, their music cues, everything is just so well done. Their music, especially this season, has been like excellent. So, could I? What a, can I interject? With, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. If you're talking about the music stuff, I was going to divert from there. Oh. So. With or without you, little cliche. Little oh, cliche. Like, no, it was perfect. Even people Did who don't like that song, like all the reviewers were just I, like, I also that was don't like you two and don't like that song. So that was just the wrong choice for me. But go, but go ahead about. Yeah, you didn't even know it was in Friends, which, as like the resident Friends head, I can't believe that place. Well, such Friends, a- Friends is losing it a little bit for uh, me, but continue. Anyways, the final scene, they like. Um, Arkady is like driving them, and so they ask to get to pull over so they can look out onto the city. I'm assuming that was Moscow. Um, and they're talking in English, but then like a little bit of broken Russian. But I thought it was so interesting how they're standing there together, looking out onto what is now going to be their new normal. But there's still such a separation. There's no like tenderness yeah. between them. Yeah. There's still like this gap. Yeah. Um, they're not like touching each other, or holding hands. Although Elizabeth does like say, talking about if they had never left, that maybe they would have like met organically, like on a bus or a train, and this would have happened. Which I think we know would not, would have, not been have been true happened, yeah. because she didn't like him and was not attracted to him until like years after. I mean, we when the series starts, we kind of see that transformation, and they had already been married for what. 17 years or something yeah 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 i don't know i really liked it i thought it was well done yeah yeah i mean i think it's one of the better shows that i've watched in the it was a show that like i still wanted to see where they took the story we watched it for the most part live yeah i mean it wasn't like when i got to a freaking scandal which i just wanted to be done and i was watching it just because I wanted it to well, the, end. Those shows aren't even, I mean, those shows aren't even comparable. Like, Scandal is a silly, Scandal That's is fair. law and order for politics. Well, I mean, basically. okay, to, to show that other people talk about, like, um, The Walking Dead, that I guess started off so strong, but now people, like, almost hate Walking so, Dead. So, see, here's the thing about The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, even in its good seasons, it always would start off and end really well, but the middle was just, like, when you're walking around a zombie apocalypse wasteland, there's only so much you can do. It's basically like they meet new people, they end up being bad, and then they have to like fight their way out. It's just not. Yeah. It's not sustainable. I think zombie stuff is always, and we kind of got. There's like too much zombie shit. I mean, I never watched it, so I don't know. Okay. But. So. Before we get into our final topic. I thought we were gonna talk about. I said before oh, okay. Okay. we get into our final topic. Okay. Before. Okay. There is a new rap beef. And we haven't had, what was the, before this one, what was the, we have had like little it was stuff. probably Drake and Meek Mill. Oh, Drake Mill. and Meek Mill. Drake likes to insert himself into things that he has no business in. Oh my in. God. Okay, so, I guess Push It came out with a new album. And what, what was the song? Infrared. Yeah, he came out with a seven um, song album called Daytona that got a lot, I mean, it's a brilliant album, like, say what you want about 
Mr. Kanye West, but he still has it as a producer because he produced. He was the only producer produced the entire album, and it and, was and just an eye for talent. I mean, and nobody knows music it like got, Kanye. Like, so it's called Daytona. The like cover art is a picture of Whitney Houston's bathroom that a lot of people are really upset about. Um, well, they bought the rights to it, so they can do whatever they want. But um, anyways, the last song on the album is called Infrared, where he takes shots at rappers he doesn't like. Like, he talks about, I guess, like, Kendrick and Cole are, like, the only rappers he really has respect for. And Interesting. But Good. most of the shots are directed at Drake. They're, like, thinly veiled shots. He never mentions his name, but... They're thinly veiled shots at Drake. When in, in a lot of rap beefs, like you don't mention their name. No, no. I mean, Lil Wayne in his beef with Pusha did mention Pusha by name years ago. So all of this beef stuff started in 2006 between Lil Wayne. Well, there's there's always been when when two. I mean, for for a while it was the it was the Cash Money versus Good Music kind of like didn't uh. Didn't Lil Wayne have a line about like, like kidnap your ba- kidnap your wife, like give me that baby money or something like, or like Jay Z said something about baby money and then Lil Wayne like made a play on that like oh like like oh kidnap you see how much you want your lady money or something like that like like kidnap yeah your ba- I don't yeah. know but I mean so th- they've been taking shots at each other at like I know but I'm talking specifically about Pusha T and like how I know but I'm be- saying like the larger like that fits into the larger narrative of like the. Like, the cash money, which is, like, Drake and Lil Wayne and some other people. And the good music, which is, like, Kanye, Pusha, Pusha T, and, like, that, that, like... Kid Cudi. Yeah, Kid Cudi, um, what's his name? Big Sean, like, that kind of... Like, there, there's definitely been back and forth between, between... Yeah, but it started in 2006 over, like, sweatshirts, um, and then it's kind of progressed, and then Drake has kind of taken up like the mantle as like the beef person so then in the past few years there have been shots going back and forth between Pusha and Drake um so anyway so Pusha released Daytona the last track infrared um was shots at Drake so then I guess it was like less than 24 hours later Drake released Duppy Freestyle which was his diss track yeah. at Pusha which was I mean for all intents and purposes it was a pretty good diss track pretty good diss track like people were like okay cool well then what like another 24 hours or so late after that Pusha calls into um oh shit what's his name Char- I don't remember Charlemagne no 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 the hot 90 no 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 um I forgot it doesn't matter anyways he like drops his diss track story of Adenon, which is just one of the most vicious <laughs> diss tracks um ever yeah it's Adenon. i know it, it autocorrected for me anyway keep going keep um going. well do you want to like jump in or you want me to talk all about this anyways it was like basically so the cover art is a picture of drake with this goofy expression in blackface that he did some photo shoot years ago for some clothing line but it's like a really like jarring image and the whole rap is it doesn't look good it doesn't look good is about how terrible drake is and how he had this baby with this porn star he's a deadbeat dad 
and he's like hiding his child but he was gonna roll his child out in like a promotional tour for like his line with adidas that was called adenon because his son's name is adonis it's just like brutal it became like the fastest page on genius to hit like a million views like the lyrics for it i mean i kept listening to it on repeat because just the like he cuts deep i mean and since then drake has not responded which well he responded to the blackface picture he released a statement about the blackface picture but he hasn't like responded to like the diss so it's interesting and not that two white suburban folks like ourselves should really be like discussing sort of like the inner workings of like this rap beef but it definitely seems like push a t push a t is like an old so so rap has definitely changed from you know the gangster sort of hard like street rap about like you know your horrible reality you know like think about the easy e the nwa you know um like like nas like rapping about like like on the street corner like rapping about what he sees to you know kanye west would kind of change that right i remember mm-hmm. kanye west people didn't even think he could be a rapper because it's mm-hmm. like you're wearing like gucci loafers like your mom is a professor what, what are you what are you talking about you want to be a rapper and now rap is very like basically pop music is rap music right i mean drake's does like the sort of the the singing rap i mean it's hip-hop but it's not the same it's it's so different than what like you know you look at like 90s and even ter- 2000s rap is but so what my and i and i think Pusha t is like trying to take it back to that like that hardcore like like Pusha t is 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 for lack of a better word like hard af like he he is he is he is serious so. i mean he like slung drugs he still wears his hair is it slung or is it sling drugs oh slang S- I don't know. Wow. I don't know. That was whatever. We clearly have never slang drugs before. <laughs> no, never. But, I mean, and the way he just spits his lines. I mean, he's always been. Sorry, I took a bite of. I don't know why oatmeal. you're eating your oatmeal while we're doing this. So he he uh, started off with Clips produced by Pharrell. By the way, they did not know who Clips oh, was. We've already talked about this on this podcast. So, I know, but I just. And I think I think Pusha T seen like all these sort of like poppy rap songs. He 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 doesn't think it's like the best representation of the genre. Almost like it it, it offends him to see like like Drake is the most popular hip hop person right now, right? He's I mean, one of the most popular pop stars. Yeah, pop star. I mean, he's ha- he's had a ten year run of you know number one number one songs and he and drake doesn't really care about albums either he'll like as long as he's got a hit song on the radio which he does right now he's got nice for what is is like number one or two on on i on yeah, on, that, on spotify i mean that's a great song it was very pandering but it's a great song but it, right but at the same time he released the first single off of his new album that's coming out scorpion and people hated it they thought it was like a bust yeah i mean everyone it, it ev- wasn't very good everyone comes out with with duds on Everyone's got it. Everyone's got it. Well, usually you're, but usually like the single you pick from your album be the first thing to like present your new Maybe. album is not a dud. But then again, he's also still got a number one song out. So I mean, I th- I think it's in, like is it still number one? I mean, I can I can pull it up on Spotify, but it's still. I mean, he's got several. I think. Oh, I mean, Spotify is a little different than like it's Billboard. the streaming though, right? Spotify is one of the is is really. So let's go to charts. We're gonna here fifty. So. 
Um, oh, interesting. So it's it. It's it Weezer. Must have down. Yeah. Weezer. What the fuck? Yeah, so we, Kanye West has got some up there. Yeah, Kanye has the number uh, one album in the country. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it has fallen. You're right. Yeah, okay. I was like, I don't think it's still. I think. I, yeah. Oh wait, so that there's top fifty and then there's viral fifty. So so on the on the top fifty. Oh yeah, this is what I was looking at. Like the Drake's number three, and then I think he's got God's Plan, which is still. I mean, I'm up. Oh, I'm upset was another one that wasn't super great. I that's, wasn't impressed. With that's it. the one he released. That's the first single off his album. I thought it was. I thought you. I thought you said it was Scorpio. Or, His no, album off, is called Scorpion. Oh. That's the first single oh. off of Scorpion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So this is. I mean. Yeah, that's not. I mean. I thought it was cool what Pusha T said was like, you you're upset like. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, I like to see. I want to see you get mad. Like that's just it's being a super bully, but it was a good. Oh my god, the line in Pusha's where he says "dead meat motherfucker playing border patrol." You he just like dead spits. Beat. That was so much venom. Dead beat, right? Not that, dead meat. I said dead beat. Oh, okay. I thought you said dead meat. No. Anyway, continue. Why would I say dead meat? I th- I th- sometimes, I, sometimes people say things, but anyway, continue. No, I mean, I, that line is just like the venom. Yeah. Well, he has done you know, some like interviews and stuff, and he said that is his biggest pet peeve in the world, that he has gotten rid of people in his life. If they don't support their children, he wants nothing to do with them. And he said it's more than just like writing like, I, I, this woman a check or whatever if you're not an active parent he wants nothing to do with you sure i mean i don't know if Pusha T is the great moral authority over like that but but sure i mean i i think really this is a way for him to to diss to to diss drake which well, is yeah, fine i, I mean that, like, that's that's part of being in, is, in hip-hop but what is interesting is people have been dissing drake for years like remember common came out with one and wasn't there um i mean he and meek mill went back and forth yeah he but like Drake definitely came out on top, and it's interesting. Is this gonna be something that, um, that takes down Drake's sort of reign over, over pop music, over like, you know, just being like a cultural icon? If that makes sense. I don't you're, you're know. Lo- what you what you looking at? What you looking up? I'm just looking. Oh, okay. Um, but it is interesting. It it in. In this song, the story of addition, he definitely goes after Adenon. Adenon, thank you. He definitely goes after, like, I guess, I think Drake not being black enough, right? I mean, I definitely got the the implication. Well, he of talks, that. yeah. Like, I mean, he, like, there's no implication. He right. Talks about how that he's always he doesn't grow his hair out because it doesn't like get to like the kind of fro that's cool or like the way he plays off being he can play like both sides right and he definitely didn't like that the fact that like drake can almost use like you know like he can he can, he can use like the urban sort of style but yet like appeal to a white basically mm-hmm. to appeal like to appeal to a wider audience and I, I'm, I'm not going to say if that's true or not that's that's not my place to say i did think it was interesting because that has been a critique that other people have but this seemed to stick harder well, yeah, and I mean, Push Up, I think part of the reason he, like, spit so much venom on this is, like, in Drake's duppy freestyle, he, like, called out Push's fiance, and Push is like, oh. Yeah, I mean, in, in, a, in a rat beef, basically anything goes. Well, I mean, and that was a really good line, too. Oh, so you want to talk about my fiance? Let's talk about who you chose to be your Beyonce. And then he goes into, like, this, I'm sorry, but she is not a very attractive woman, this, like, porn, French oh, yeah. porn star who's got... A nice derriere, I guess, but like does not have a nice face. You're saying she's a butterface? 
You can look up pictures of her. I've she, seen pictures of her, yeah. Would you not disagree with I mean, who am I to judge? I mean... Who am I to judge? You, you definitely think somebody as popular as Drake could probably get somebody more attractive. I yeah, don't like, if he like wants to, other. like, hit it and quit it, like, make sure you're not going to have a baby. Because it sounds like they were only seeing each other for maybe a couple weeks, and she got <sighs> pregnant. Yeah. With the quickness. Yeah. With the quickness. Yeah. So, where would you put... Uh, Pusha T's beef on on a list of, like, you know, you got Ether, you have, uh, um, what's it? What's the one that you got? Hit him up. I mean, where where is it on on this one? I think it's it's not gonna be an Ether. Ether was just like amazing. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's pretty. I don't know. I think it is pretty high up there. It was just really well done and cut really deep. Yeah. I um, I don't think it, this is gonna matter to Drake. I think he's just got like he's just gonna keep releasing things. Well, I mean, that's that's totally fair. I mean, just look at like Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj. I know exactly. That she, she had her moment. She was incredible. We were obsessed. We just kept listening to it. It was amazing. But did that hurt Nicki Minaj? She performed on the finale of SNL. She's got a new album coming I know, she's out. She's got a new single. She has though. new singles that. We're like doing well. I mean, I just yeah don't that. And what has Remy Ma done? Yeah, she released like a follow up song that wasn't very good, and nobody's heard anything from her. So it's no, it's not gonna like take Drake down. You can't. I mean, the thing is, is that Pusha T is always gonna be like a better rapper than Drake, but Drake is always gonna be better at the pop music stuff. That more like like. Not everyone's gonna like Pusha T's music because it's exactly. really raw and hard. But like Drake has a wider, wider appeal. I mean, Drake can sell out Capital One Arena down the road. Pusha couldn't do that. Yeah, Pusha could only do that if he was with like Kanye West or somebody else. Yeah, and Drake, I also think knows how to do things to get like the Hotline Bling video. Yeah. You watch that video a million times. It's probably one of the most popular videos ever to be released on, on YouTube. I mean, he knew that being goofy would would sell, mm-hmm. you know, and that would. I mean, people still use that meme, of him dancing. Yeah. So. It's interesting to see uh, his new is her his new album or his new singles rather gonna actually, actually stick because that's what's been keeping him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always had a single. I mean, he can just pump out music and. Well, I, he's got ghostwriters, so you know. Honestly, who cares about if he is ghostwriters? Do, do you think that? Do you oh think, my god, I'm trolling. No, 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 no. I'm serious. Do, do, is that is that a legitimate critique? Of? I think if you're someone like Pusha T, yes. But even in, didn't Jay Z help write for like the Chronic or something? Like he wrote some of Doctor. I mean, is it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know about the ghostwriter thing. Well, I mean, it's when it, well, it's, it, it's probably all silly. I mean, like they come out at Drake, and then Drake's like, yeah, you know. And talks about like how he wrote for like um, Life of Pablo. Well, yeah, he's credited as a songwriter on Life of Pablo, so it's oh. not like that's a big seeky. What did you think about the seeky? Yeah, no secret seeky. What did you think about the invoice? Oh, no, no, no. I thought that was pretty good, right? Mm. The invoice wasn't bad. Mm. I thought the invoice was pretty good. It was all right. All right. I think um, I've talked enough about Drake. Yeah, rap beefs are fun. Rap beefs are very fun. Are fun. We haven't had a fun one in a while, so yeah. Um. So we're going to take a quick pause and come back to you with our final segment. We're back. We are. I won't be eating oatmeal this time. Thank you for that. 
So we wanted to end on a very sad note. Yeah, very sad. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, he um took his own life. Yeah, found out yesterday morning he took his own life um, in France while filming his show, and this one really hurts, and I think it hurts a lot of people. Um, I've been a fan of his for a very long time. I read Kitchen Confidential when I was in high school, and I just couldn't believe that kind of writing. Um, he, he just like wrote so well, and like that whole like story about like the restaurant industry was just fascinating. And I remember watching his. Um, well, he had a Food Network show called A Cook's Tour for a couple seasons, and then went to Travel Channel and did No Reservations. Um, for eight years. I remember watching that with my family and loving it. You know, he was so irreverent and funny and then moved to CNN and did Parts Unknown, which I think Parts Unknown is like a better product. No Reservations was great, but Parts Unknown really like honed in. Um, but yeah, it's just been really sad um, that he took his own life and now we won't have him and his storytelling and the way he's able to just go be dropped in any place in the world and he was this tall tattooed american but felt right at home and was welcomed with open arms um yeah we're a little less rich without him i believe yeah, you you touched on something really important there is, and I I've been aware of Anthony Bourdain. I, I I haven't been as big a fan as you have, but I've seen like clips of his shows. Like I um I don't I feel like I've seen the clip of the Eden Center. This um it's like a section of like Vietnamese restaurants and businesses in Falls Church near where I grew up, which is like really cool to. You know, he'll go to this place that maybe not a lot of people know about and then and talk about it. And just like what you said, he's he can go to we just watched the Houston one. And this is of parts unknown, not. Yeah. Um, he, he went to the Houston one and he's talking to he, he, he goes to sort of the um, a section of Houston that's predominantly black and and talks to them about their cars and about barbecue and about different he's with the rapper slim thug right yeah. the rapper slim thug and then he goes and he talks to some vietnamese immigrants who talked about how it's like you know i escaped vietnam on a boat that i i, I was like submer half submerged in water for part of my journey and he's able to to plug himself into any situation and really just connect with these people and you know there's always of course you can say there's editing but there's definitely something about him that He's just very comfortable being in this new place and trying, like, he'll try anything. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be, I mean, I'm not even a big, you know, go around the, I'm not even a big watching people eat person, you know, about like different shows on the travel channel, but there's something different about the way that he can, he connects with the people and well, yeah, through, through the use of food. Well, and that was, we watched last night, CNN did like a hour, like segment remembering him where they talked to a lot of like the CNN personalities. Um, and that was one of the things they said, you know, it's billed kind of as this food show, but it's really not that the food is like a conduit to get you to like, see these new places and hear another side of the story. Like the way he like, 
talked about what was going on in like Gaza was just like so important. Or going to Libya. Libya, when he Iran. It, yeah, when he was in Iran, um, he interviewed that um, oh, what was his name? The Russian guy who like oh, a couple yeah. months later was killed. Yeah. Was assassinated because he was an outspoken Putin critic. Um, he just like used food as the entry point, but then like made you really think, you know in a world that's like so oftentimes presented as so black and white he showed you so much gray and showed you and empathized with people and brought nuance to like really hard subjects and like um discussions and just did it so well i mean it was again like i i didn't know this but in the cnn thing they were talking about how he did that episode with president obama um a couple years ago when obama was still in office and it wasn't because Bourdain wanted to eat with the president. The president wanted to eat with him. Yeah, he reached out to him. He reached out to him, and Bourdain's like, that's fine, but we're not doing some sit-down at the White House. You're going to come with me. So on a, when Obama was doing, like, a tour in Asia, he met him in Vietnam, and they sat at yeah. this, like, little table on these, like, plastic stools and had beer and noodles. I mean, that was just incredible that – he was the person that Obama wanted to eat with, not the other way around. Did you see that they framed that? They like they put framed in... the entire like table yeah. setting. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that place. Well, I think I was reading now that place only serves the meal because they're so inundated now with people that they only serve the meal um, that they ate. And I was reading this guy. Um, it was a restaurant. I think it's in Queens, uh, a Chinese restaurant, and. Bourdain went there, I think twice, and just the exposure of being on that show, they've been able to open new locations. Like, the guy wrote this Facebook post, um, he's like, I guess the son of the owners, about how he, because of the exposure, they went from living in a one-room apartment to now, like, living an American dream, and, like, yesterday they were donating 100% of the proceeds at all of their locations to, like, suicide prevention, um... But that was like, well, we were watching some episodes last night, but one of my favorites, and I think it's maybe one of the first episodes Grant watched, um, was when he was in Charleston. The second time, not the first time, because the first time, he would admit, was not done oh, yeah. how it should have been. Oh, oh, yeah, he yeah. did like a Civil War reenactment, and then went to a like oyster roast, and drank champagne, and had caviar, and it's just like, that's not... Charleston. Yeah, and he actually talked. It's interesting. He talked about how he got owned, basically. Yeah, and so he had to do it again. So he went around with Sean Brock, um, who's one of my favorites too. And like the first, you know, part of that episode is just they get pretty slammered off of cheap beer and like whiskey and Jaeger bombs, and then go to a Waffle House. And just the way he had never been to a Waffle House, and talks about. The Waffle House is probably one of my favorite moments from the show. Yes, yeah, really. And I mean, I. After he passed away and people were talking about things, I, that apparently that is a lot, a lot. Yeah, of people's favorite. Something so simple as a Waffle House and just like the pure joy he had and then watching him experience Waffle House for the first time. Yeah. I love Waffle House. Yeah, Waffle House is very good. Is also, you just get this joy and um, yeah, it just, just was, I mean, shocking to wake up that yesterday morning um and just so so sad yeah and the thing about the waffle house too is my 
and other people's issues with people who are foodies or people who travel like like on the food channel or, or wherever is they can be really pretentious about like oh my god waffle house i would never that's not real but taking sean brock talks about how he's like this inspired me to be like a cook you know this is like a this is like a cool like a really cool place and anthony bourdain is at, at, at the beginning he's kind of like what and then he he talks about how, like this experience like legitimately like moved him oh yeah and it's very you know that, and that's another cool thing about Bourdain is that he wasn't pretentious about the food. Like he would eat, you know, he 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 even talks in another episode about how he likes eating street food, like watching people on their mopeds go by. Yeah, he preferred that. He said, yeah. you know, I like a nice fancy five star Michelin star meal, but I pro- much prefer going to some random street vendor and yeah. leading like on a sidewalk. Yeah. And I mean, I think in Sean Brock in like the episode going back to the Waffle House talks about yeah, that was like the only place where he could sit and watch people cook. Yeah. And how. I mean, we've been to Waffle House. We were there last summer when we were in Charleston. Um, you know, and the hospitality and everybody's, like, friendly. And then they're cooking. And, like, it doesn't matter. And they talk. Like, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or your race or ethnicity, drunk or sober. At Waffle House, everybody is treated the same. And, like, to see Bourdain, like, experience that. Yeah. And then in that whole episode, just experience actual Southern cooking. Not, like, yeah. oyster roasts with champagne, yeah, which yeah. is not very Southern. Um, yeah, and the Houston episode was great, you know, showing, like, how diverse that city, because I think Houston gets such a bad rap, and well, people, Texas, like, Texas the in idea general, of the Texas in the South, but, like, yeah. Houston is so diverse, and how these, like, pockets, like, you went to, you know, the Indian population, and there was, what, Pakistani, who went to this high school that was, like, they said 80% ESL students, yeah. and it's just... It's very cosmopolitan. Yeah, and he just was able to show people a different side of these cities and these places. I know whenever we would go to like a new city or somewhere, you wanted to check and see if Bourdain had been there yeah, and what he recommended he had, yeah, and he recommended. where he ate and what he saw. Um, well, it's in the, and they mentioned this on the scene and broadcast also, but I like that Parts Unknown wasn't just like, you know, somewhere in Vietnam or somewhere that's that seems very exotic to us. It was like, oh, I'm going to go to Chicago or I'm going to go to New York or, or I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. New Jersey or Pittsburgh. Or, and, and that's such a cool to have that, you know, to have such a difference, I think, really added a lot to the Well, it did. And it made done. it like, because I may never go, most likely, to when he went to uh, Chiang Mai and went to like took this boat to like this remote village and got like a tattoo and like this yeah, yeah, really, really incredible cool. experience which I loved watching but that's not an experience I will ever have but we've been to Chicago we I mean Charleston we have gone to places he went to on you that show that. Husk Rodney Scott's barbecue Waffle House um, he goes to New York or Chicago. Those are places that are very accessible to us that we, you know, can experience the food he liked there, which I really appreciated. And I like that he focused on cities that sometimes get, especially in the United States, like a bum rap, like Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh and showed like what a resilient, incredible town that is when people like want to dismiss it as crazy football fans and, you know, like. You know, old school Republicans, which it's there's more nuance there. Or he went to Detroit, the Detroit episode. Um, you know, Detroit has struggled in a lot of ways, but it's 
becoming like a really cool culinary and culturally rich place. I was there a few years ago and I like saw that and that he went to like show people this is a place you can come visit, that you can get amazing meals and see such interesting things is really important. Yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah. So he's just still sad that we won't have more of him. I think he was a very good ambassador for the United States. He showed what an American abroad should look like um, because a lot of times we're painted as terrible tourists. Yeah, and he showed like how you should model your behavior when you travel abroad Um, or even just travel to a different city and to not be scared. He always lived that he like had a quote about how your body is not a temple it's you're supposed to like wreck it because you only get one why not and you should try new things and do new experiences i mean he was always trying new food um one of the worst things he said he ever ate was rancid shark from iceland which i have eaten that me too i didn't think it was the worst thing i ever ate it was extremely bad it wasn't that bad it was extremely bad um but one of the reasons i wanted to eat it was because tony bourdain said he could barely eat it and i wanted to see if i could eat something that he couldn't now when he ate raw seal eyes i'm not sure i could do that or maggot fried rice no thank you but i did do the rancid shark yeah so yeah um i have his cookbook and i think our plan is to pick something to cook out of it and go down to our farmer's market union market and maybe get some which is all about getting fresh simple ingredients and cooking something to remember him but yeah it's just gonna be really sad yeah yeah i think that's all i have yeah it's a good way good way to leave things um if you haven't watched any of bourdain's stuff i would start out with the charleston episode i think that's one of the stand- i yeah. mean it's him and then also sean brock is just yeah. so amazing and i think that's a great one to yeah. yeah and as it's been talked a lot you know in the wake of his death and the death of kate spade if you know there are resources out there if anybody is struggling or going through any kind of crisis that there are places you can go to get help please call please please reach out to somebody everybody has somebody they can reach out to yeah and yeah and for people on the other side there are a lot of signs if somebody does need help but doesn't feel like they can ask for it yeah so and as Bourdain I think would say you know we're all have an obligation to take care of each other and look out for each other and so it's on all of us to take care of one another well said that's all i got yeah so that's all for today thank you for listening yep thanks bye